This episode of Tech Kamasala is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Enter the coupon code POD124 to get 10% off on all hosting plans. Go to GoDaddy.TheIndicast.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Tech Kamasala, a technology podcast from an Indian perspective. This is episode number 18, To Hell with Censorship, but for the week of 28 June 2009. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, as usual, Sakit. Hi, guys. Hey, so this weekend has been, uh, has been a tech purchase weekend for me. I've been buying things and... Um, I I don't know if it happens to you, Sakit, but whenever I buy something related, I feel very satisfied for some time. It, 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 it leads to emotional fulfillment, I mean, whenever you buy any technical good. I, mean. I bought an external DVD writer because my nice. the, the super drive on my Mac uh, crapped out. It happens too often. In fact, even mine uh, actually conked off, I guess, about a month ago. I haven't replaced it. You know how much it costs in India? I, I think it costs a bomb. It is 18,000 rupees too expensive yeah yeah and i got an external drive for something like four thousand rupees which is which does light scribe and all those things so what speed does it write at 8x dvd writer and that's fine i mean even the mac does the same yeah exactly so so it's not a lot different and i saved the 10 grand on that but then i went ahead and spent spent it on buying an external uh, storage about 500 uh, gb of external storage, which again cost me something like uh, 5,000. So it was. Oh, I thought you can get an external 5 GB, uh, 500 GB disk for like around 3,500. See, now th- there are desktop drives which are available for 3,000, and then there are carry around USB drives which are a bit more expensive. The the desktop drives, you ha- you need a power charger for it. Okay, so you're talking about the ones without the power. Yeah. Yes. So it was so a very. The stories uh, for this week, I guess? Yes, let's do that. We have a businessman joining the cabinet this year and for technology reasons. This is actually a first for India that somebody from the business sphere has actually got on to, I mean, a significant position in the government. This happens quite frequently in the U.S., but uh, in India, this is happening over a new scheme which concerns issuing national ID smart cards for everyone. I mean, this is uh, concerning the amendment to the Citizenship Act which happened in uh, 2006, uh, where it was decreed that every individual in India should get a smart card for his identification. So finally, after years, the government has constituted an authority called the Unique Identification Authority of India, and they will be responsible for launching and managing this smart card scheme, and Nandan Neelkani shall head it. Nandan Neelkani is going to be joining as a cabinet minister, which is very big. The rank of cabinet minister carries a lot of powers, and he was basically invited by Prime Minister Manmohan Singh to chair this particular authority, the one that you mentioned, Unique Identification Authority of India. Ah. Yeah. Um, he was... That's he was a lame name, I guess. Yeah. So, but it explicitly states what it's going to do. So that's good. This particular authority is set up under the Planning Commission. And yeah. so he's going to join them to complete this particular task. It's very interesting that to actually start issuing cards, they had to actually go and amend a particular section, Section 14A of the Citizenship Act. Before we move on to the analysis, let's also state that uh, this project will be initiated in West Bengal and four other uh, union territories, I guess. West Bengal, presumably because they've got a problem with illegal uh, immigrants from Bangladesh. So that's where they're going to start from and they're going to spend about uh, 1 billion Indian rupees on this. And I think it was very important for Nandan Neelkani to resign from 
the, the Infosys board because, you know, I'm sure huge amounts of contracts are going to come out of this particular initiative. So yeah, And there shouldn't be any conflict of interest per se. Exactly, exactly. And the other interesting thing, Saket, is that people usually become ministers and then turn businessmen. But this time it yeah. is a businessman turning a politician. Uh, he is not, sorry, he's not a politician. They have actually come out and explicitly said that this does not mean that he's joining the the UPA or the Congress or anything like that. He's here purely as a subject matter expert. So it's more, it's more like, I mean, uh, how in the US the, I mean, the the president can appoint these people who may not necessarily be belong to the party of his, I mean, of his, his party, but, uh, but do generally head the public portfolios. Yeah, I know. And I think it's a, it's a healthy move rather than giving out, for example, rather than giving out the telecom ministry to a politician, it, it, I don't know if it will be better if uh, it goes out to a technology or a, or a more telecom oriented person. Okay, huh. so, so let's talk about this project first. I mean, like, what this uh, card does is essentially unifies a lot of cards that which we have for identification. I mean, we have a PAN card, we have a ration card, we have got a voter's ID card, I don't know, uh, you have a driving, driving license, all of that. So what this will do is it will actually unify all those cards into this one card and this can then be used, uh, I mean, across many spheres. Yeah, so uh, basically, th see, the downside of this is that if you lose this card, you, lo you lose everything, all of your identities. Also. So what I think they should do is that they should, I mean, like, I'm not quite sure as to how this is going to work, whether this card will supplement already existing identification procedures or all other ID cards will become, I mean, will, will become outlawed. So what I think, I mean, if they actually have to make this work, they have to have only one card, not have these 10,000 different identifications. They have to discontinue them. And in addition, they have to make it very easy for someone to get a duplicate copy of this card if in case they lose it. Yeah, but then, but then think about the, the touch point that this particular project is going to have, all right? It's going to touch the, the passport authorities probably, the authority that issues the driving licenses, uh, the ration card guys, the, the IT department. It's going to have so many touch points and I am just very skeptical about, about this particular project. I'm looking forward for it to go live and see what, what happens. Uh, imagine that it has, it has a huge legacy. Right. This is not something that is going to happen over a period of 10 years. Yeah, it, it's going to take at least 25 to 30 years is what I think. You mean to say 25 to 30 years for this to get completely implemented? For 100% for of the people to have an ID card. No, I, I, I think it has to be faster. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know, we just lag behind. I mean, uh, the U.S. has had like a social security number system for I don't know how long. And I mean, it is time we actually had a tab on how many people who are there in the country. I mean, even though this might constitute like, let's say, a privacy violation, but, but it simplifies so many different things. I mean, I mean, you can have, it's, it's like the one number to, I mean, for, for everything in the sense that even if somebody defaults on a loan or something like that, this, this one number will have all the financial records, all kinds of records. I mean, if you want to buy a mobile phone and you don't have an ID, so you have to produce residence proof and all kinds of different IDs at different places. So, I mean, if you just maintain this one card properly, I think that should solve a lot of issues. Yes, but it is also a big change management problem, right? It, a lot of people are going to say, no, I don't want this card because it's just going to make you traceable. Probably, yeah. you know, your financials are going to be traceable, so health records are going to be traceable, etc. All for good purposes. But I don't know if people will are, are really going to accept it. I know that the employed population will have no choice but to accept it. But, you know, the, the business community, the small traders, etc., they might not be so happy about this.
is going to bring a few good things as well as a few bad but let's see what happens but moving on to the next story from Ju- 1st of july china has ordered all computer suppliers uh, to either pre-install government approved software which is called the green dam youth escort software to be installed on all machines that are being manufactured in china and sold in china and this is quite shocking and controversial i mean we've been quite uh, familiar with china blocking access to different parts of the internet over the time i mean like uh, they have systematically erased the public memory of uh, let's say the tiananmen uh, tiananmen square massacre yep. happened i mean i mean it was bigger than an indian jallianwala bag but i mean there are so many kids in china today who don't know about it so i mean they have been pursuing this policy of blocking access to information and i guess this particular thing just takes it too far because i mean uh, this means that all pc manufacturers are forced to install this software called the green dam youth escort and, and the software i mean it's, it's as good as having like a spyware on your machine i mean ostensibly see, ostensibly the purpose is to have content filtering in place but it also collects user information and it is a severe violation of privacy yeah in fact quin yang according to him they are the chinese government is getting huge amounts of complaints from residents that google english language search has spread large amount of vulgar content that is lascivious and pornographic and seriously violating china's relevant laws and regulations and they are saying just think about all that is all the information that is available to the kids and how they are getting spoiled so that is that, that is how they are pitching this is actually really bad i mean let me emphasize the importance of what this software is actually going to do i mean like it must really suck to be chinese i mean we are a technology <laughs> show, not a politics show but i mean uh, i mean what this software actually does is that not only does it block access to i mean several websites and so on and so forth what it also does is that it it, it dials into a server on the internet yeah. and it downloads a list of terms which are blocked and uh, sites which are blocked in the search keywords which are blocked and it not not just the internet it also affects your software so i mean it also blocks text for example if you open a notepad document and type in the words 4 june or type in the word word let's say falun gong uh, your notepad will crash i mean without even saving your document so i mean this applies for any software that you have running on your machine it can block images so it just block uh, nudity from being shown how it does that is uh, basically it analyzes for the skin tone color yeah. so i mean not only does it block nudity per se but it blocks so many harmless things i mean it for, for example it also blocks the medical uh, research right yeah medical research it blocks the latest poster of the film garfield Oh. yellow thing in it yeah <laughs> it has been known to block images of pigs so uh, it's ridiculous i mean you wouldn't want to have something like this on your machine ah well and also to make the matters worse first of all you know installing this particular software is going to be a huge add on cost to the manufacturers who are already working on very thin margins asking them to do anything additional is going to be a big hit to uh, to, to these manufacturers and if that wasn't enough i mean the other concern that is there is that the software has got uh, too many security flaws per se in the <laughs> sense that uh, uh, the university of massachusetts uh, they, they analyzed this software and within 12 hours they were able to find about 30 different vulnerabilities and, and i mean like uh, there are serious risks as to people who are using the software may get exploited by hackers i think that's the whole point isn't it so that you can log into anybody's computer who is trying to mess around and then take over their machine so i think for all we know it might be by design but 
Yeah, this is called serious flaws like buffer overflows, and I mean anybody can actually. I mean anybody smart enough can get uh, malicious software to run on your computer just by the existence of this green dragon or whatever it is, green dam. Green dam. Well, China is not the only place where uh, government is trying to cripple access to the mm-hmm. internet. But there's a very interesting story about SavitaBhavi.com. Apparently, the the Ministry of Communication and Information Technology wants ISPs to block this particular site. Now, I have never been to this site. Uh, Saket, I'm pretty sure that you have. Yeah, I have uh, many times, in fact. I, I just went there yesterday and uh, I was quite disappointed. And <laughs> I, I don't think... Uh, this, this is actually quite bad. I mean, from I mean, an internet censorship perspective, it's just not about uh, Savita Bhabi. I mean, whatever the case may be, it's just about the Indian IT Act and the right the Indian government has to block any goddamn site. I mean, that that's yeah. what is bad. Yeah. So, so to, just to give a background about Savita Bhabi dot com, it is basically an adult cartoon strip featuring a married Indian woman and you know the fun that she has uh, sexually. So yeah, it is it's like it, it's in this whole uh, it's, I mean, it's format where there are these uh, there's one page published every day and then after 30 days it completes one issue. So so far there have been 12 such issues and I think uh, that's where the government drew the line. Drew the line. I think they have some very very interesting artwork and it's it's only from that perspective and I want to. You just I, said that you haven't visited it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they say they will lie. Well, uh, according to Alexa.com, Savitavavi.com is one of the most popular, one of the, it actually it was ranked 45th as per uh, Mint. It is even popular than BSEIndia.com, which is the, which is, which is the stock exchange. Yeah, which it is ranked 45th in February, I guess, and even now it enjoys like the 82nd most visited Indian website position. So, I mean, to be among the top 100 Indian websites must be something really big. Yeah, and actually there is this one guy, Vijay Shankar, who has actually filed a, a suit against uh, Savita Babi saying that, that when a child is watching a cartoon, he imagines himself as the character. And I'm, and I'm quoting him here. Okay, this has a deeply corrupting influence on our youngsters. And this, apart from the fact that an Indian name was being used in such an obscene cartoon, which is what led him to make this complaint. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, censorship on the internet. I mean, visiting these sites is, I mean, isn't that voluntary? And I mean, and it's up to parents to protect their children from, I mean, accessing such kind of content. Under under Act, Section 67 of IT Act, as this particular uh, article says, that publishing and transmitting obscene electronic information is punishable by up to five years and imprisonment, along with a one lakh rupee fine. I guess that the promoters of the site are from uh, from the EU, I guess. So, I mean, they're living somewhere in the EU. So, they are not reachable and they're anonymous. But, I mean, uh, and as, as well as their website is hosted in the US. And so, uh, there is a concern here that why only this particular website was banned as against, uh, uh, you know, there are so many other websites which have pornography on them and so many other websites which have Indian pornography on them. And I mean, I mean that these, there are these hundreds of sites which have these uh, MMS clips and so yeah. on and so forth. So, why just this site and I think I think one of the most popular sites which is amongst top 10 uh, as read by Alexa is uh, it's called Debonair blog and it has a massive following it, it is it is all about it it posts MMS messages which is which are sent by the user so it's ridiculously popular 
I, I think we can't just keep brushing these things under the carpet and I mean there has to be something which has to be done about it because I mean like given this law in place I mean you can have all kinds of things getting blocked and it can just get from bad to worse well, what what do we do you know to you from from a publisher's perspective it is freedom of expression but from a from a parent's side which is also a fair argument what can be done I think awareness has to be created as to how do they actually block such sites on their computers ridiculous it's like parents want to cover up their failure in parenting by passing on the buck to the government ah that is exactly what i thought i mean if you still want to access this site you can go to a uh, lot many proxy sites on the internet and you can definitely <laughs> access this site yeah and there is also this uh, software called the tor which is which stands for the onion router so you can actually install this software on your machine so that uh, uh, traffic can get routed to people who have actually donated the internet for such uses and uh, that's how you can still access it but i mean on 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 a more serious note there is already a a community in place and there's a website in place called savita.com i mean which deals with uh, internet censorship in india and uh, essentially why this is wrong and so on and so forth all the people who are donating to tor their donations are being well used yeah i think so <laughs> and also this this basically ruins the name savita doesn't it actually actually <laughs> I, i wouldn't want to name my daughter savita <laughs> no no not really she'll hate you for that well so it is not only the founders of uh, savitababi.com who are you know trying to get raise awareness and do some activism it is also the twitter community you're back with another twitter story another twitter story there is twitter activism happening this time round to fix microsoft outlook the the background about this story is that around 20000 plus twitter users have uh, started this particular campaign called .org fixoutlook.org and this is all about uh, improving the html rendering used in outlook so the issue concerns microsoft using the word engine for composing as well as rendering email so what happens is that i mean simple things like css and uh, uh, don't work and people have to stick with using tables i mean in html for comprising newsletters and things like that so uh, and it's really bad for the web developer community who actually have to still be stuck in the dark ages when everybody else has moved on and it is not that microsoft was uh, i mean i mean i mean this is something old i mean as of uh, they have the, the community has produced screenshots of uh, the same newsletter shown in microsoft outlook 2000 and microsoft outlook 2010 so it can be seen that the older version of outlook actually shows the mail in a much better way because that supports uh, modern html whereas this actually uses ms word i mean to show html it is finally only 20000 people who have created this noise let's stretch it up to 30000 people who will probably be on twitter and creating this noise it does not make a big difference to outlook does it Outlook has a user base of tens of millions of users. Oh, but I, I think 20,000 is actually a significant number given that these people on Twitter, I mean it's not that they just sure a lot of them are actually Microsoft customers. Yeah, but not by choice. They are Microsoft customers at uh, in in their companies, not on their in their personal lives. Is is how I look at it. I don't use Microsoft Outlook, but I have you have to use it in the company that I work. There's no choice for it. So and also Microsoft has come out and said nothing doing we are not changing anything haven't they Yeah they they say that um, word is a richer platform for composing emails and it allows people to uh, compose stunning visual emails and, uh, <laughs> See I can, I can sense I can sense your tone and that you are not convinced by their argument are you 
no i'm not convinced by their argument and the other argument is that there are no email standards in place so yeah. they can pretty much do whatever they want to do i mean i don't think that's like a that's the right approach to take i mean and there is no there's no common sense in this yeah but the whole thing is the, see their argument as i said their argument is going to be okay so i'm not going to change why don't you go on and move to thunder thunderbird and they're only going to do i guess and they're only still going to lose about 20000 people it's a big deal Uh, well i mean they they should take these things seriously because i mean like uh, if you remember i mean 3 years back or 4 years back uh, microsoft was saying that there is nothing wrong with ie and now firefox has got i mean 25% of the market share so i mean they've already learned from this once why do they want to do it again ah see if if they listen to everything life wouldn't be fun okay they are trying to make it interesting they are trying to make the technology world interesting that's why all these conflicts are good and i think these conflicts are good and we'll end up with a better product sooner or later so yeah, and that, that is how mozilla was born right that is that's yeah, the reason mozilla was born exactly so if if this goes on longer and they keep on ignoring them a brand new spanking email client is going to come up then they'll realize and then it'll be cooler and in the end finally we are we are the ones who are winning the consumer yeah, is winning yeah. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. I like all these confrontations, etc. But this week, I guess, all is not bad for Microsoft because we also have some good news from their quarter. I mean, Microsoft has come ahead with uh, Windows Seven pricing details, and uh, this iteration is significantly cheaper than I mean previous iterations. Yes, and in fact, I also placed an. I was helping my cousin place an order for a new Windows system, a new PC, a laptop, and. Yeah. I experienced, you know, I I had an option to either wait for a week, uh, I mean, wait for a month, or to get the machine right now. So one of my questions was, what is the upgrade path going to be, and how much am I going to have to pay extra for it? And they said yeah. nothing extra, you know, because the upgrade from Vista Home Premium to Windows Seven Home Premium is free, and if if it is, if I have to move to some. Uh, another edition even uh, a much uh, sophisticated edition the move is not going to be as expensive now there is actually a clarification here in the sense that uh, if you buy a machine from june 26 onwards with windows vista then your upgrade to windows 7 is free but if you are a customer who already is on windows vista or xp and then, you still want to upgrade to windows 7 then you pay half the price i mean that if you upgrade from now until a limited time which they have not yet specified i mean and this is actually uh, i mean windows vista home premium if you wanted to upgrade earlier it would cost you 120 dollars now they slashed that price down to 50 dollars and the same goes for professional which i mean used to cost 200 for the upgrade now it is going to cost only 100 dollars yeah and and in in all this mess the ones who are losing out are the european yeah they're losing out because i mean because there is a decree in the us that uh, ie8 uh, is not being included so this whole upgrade thing actually falls down yeah it, it, they won't be able to upgrade that directly to from vista they'll have to do a clean install so so let's see let's see how that happens but i think i like i like the way that uh, whole windows rollout has gone so far windows 7 came out with uh, with the beta release then the release candidate nothing went wrong no big disasters and now they are taking the right steps when it's actually coming to release releasing the final product itself the, the date that they have the shooting for is october 22nd is when windows 7 is going to be out yeah october 2022nd is when it is going to rtm and i i can safely say that this is one product release that microsoft seems to be doing right let's move on we can't leave uh, without talking about apple and uh, the guy who started it all steve jobs he's back uh, he's people back. say yeah. 
Yeah, so Steve Jobs is back. I mean, earlier this week, Reuters, New York Times, CNBC, all of them reported that Steve Jobs was seen about the Apple campus and uh, and that he's already resumed CEO duties. And this is actually the double good news for Apple because, I mean, earlier this week, they also uh, released the information that they sold 1 million uh, iPhone 3GS units, their new phone which got launched. And that's cool. But, you know, there's, there's this slight uh, twist in the tail here. The way they account for sales is they count all the phones that have left their warehouses. So all the phones that have been shipped to AT&T, to their stores, they count as sold. But all the phones might be still with AT&T. Uh, is that so? Yes, and that is how, that is, otherwise, you know, reaching this 1 million figure with over the weekend is, seems very difficult. And that is how, that's the detail that uh, Apple doesn't give out because it just, it just messes up the story. And yeah, this Apple has a lot of information, I guess. I mean, like Steve Jobs, is. Uh, it has been confirmed that he had a liver transplant some time back, but uh, Apple has, you can say that Apple has actually withheld this information from uh, their stockholders. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I, I believe there's a, there's a suit that has been filed for holding information, critical information about uh, Steve Jobs because he was the CEO and, and the guy who was running uh, Apple. And such vital information was held back from shareholders. So on this particular account, I think uh, it, it's not as clear as it seems. It's not that Apple has been withholding information, and they've already declared that Steve Jobs was had a health problem, and uh, he has been he's taken like six months off, and think Tim Cook would replace him, and now he's come back. I don't think they need to actually disclose what exactly he had because I think Steve Jobs also needs some privacy. Yeah, but uh, they, they, what they said he had was hormonal imbalance. You know, hormonal imbalance is what uh, ladies have every month. This guy went ahead and had a liver transplant, which is huge, isn't it? Because this guy is Apple. Without this guy, we don't know where what Apple would have been like right now. And it is definitely not for Steve Jobs' operational skills that he's being paid. He's being paid and he's with Apple to... To change the to change the game in in the areas that Apple enters, and I agree with you. I mean, Steve Jobs is a visionary, but I mean, it must be noted that even when Steve Jobs was away, I mean, uh, apparently not involved in the company, the company has still done well. I mean, it's been booming despite the recession. Yeah, but I I I don't buy that he wasn't in the loop. They they had to keep him in the loop. All the important and this is what I think. Okay. Uh, all the important decisions were still going through Steve Jobs. There's no way he would leave for six months and people would suddenly go back to doing uh, what they wanted to do. Even Tim Cook, who was a, who is the CEO, would would have to go to Steve and tell him that this is what I'm going to do. Is it okay? Now you're saying that even though Steve Jobs wasn't around, the scepter of Steve Jobs was uh, taken care of. Him. Oh, completely. The ghost of Steve Jobs must be walking the, uh, you know, the floors there. The, the product development team might still be getting emails from him from his BlackBerry or something like that. Can you? I, I see. If it, if I was Steve Jobs, I would still want to know what's going on, and that is how I look at it. I wouldn't just give give up the company that I lost. I have already. I had already lost once, and I wouldn't give it up to someone for for six months. And not be complete and be completely away from it. Ah, well, with that, let's uh, move on to an email that we have received this time. And those were those were the topics that we had for the show. And um, uh, last time, if you remember, we had requested for for you guys to send us emails uh, on anything that you require, any help that you might require. And uh, we have one uh, this week. So you ready for it? So we we get 
an email from Swami, who's from Mangalore, saying, Hello guys, I've been listening to you from episode number 11 and have been looking forward for a podcast from India. I listen to other tech podcasts as well, but always they always talk about things that are relevant to them. They, they, they talk about bandwidth, like free-flowing salt, but they don't understand the tech and internet world that we Indians live in. So it's great to have something from India. Now, uh, are we flattered, I guess? Ah uh, yes, I think we should we should pat our backs. Yes, yes, why not? Uh, now moving on to my question. This is the important part, Saket. Listen. Yeah. I'll be migrating from Mac to Windows for fiscal reasons. I need a hardware upgrade but can't afford a Mac anymore. I have never cared to install an antivirus on my Mac, which I can't do without on a Windows machine. In your opinion, are the free antivirus solutions dependable or should I stick to the, the semantics and the Nortons of the world? Uh, I think uh, the free antivirus solutions that we have, I mean, AVG and uh, I mean, Avira and all of these, I mean, they are not, uh, uh, I wouldn't say that they are not dependable per se. I mean, it's better to have like a, a solution which is not just antivirus, it combines antivirus and a firewall and anti-spyware and all that. But in themselves, these solutions aren't bad. And uh, I mean, I also have a piece of advice that, I mean, when you think of paid antivirus, don't just think of Symantec or Macassi. And I mean, it's not that antivirus is actually so expensive as well. I mean, uh, you can, I mean, I mean, uh, a really great antivirus is actually Kaspersky, which is, yeah. is a complete suite that you get. And if you go out today and go to let's, like, like any mall in India, you can buy a retail pack, which has a three user license for something like rupees 350. Now, I mean, I think that's cheap. I personally have relied on the, the free softwares that are available, AVG, and there's another one called ClaimWin or something like that, ClamWin. So, yeah, but, Clam win, yeah. but, but my suggestion would be if you're going for a free software, for a free antivirus, always use a combination. I would, I would have, I, uh, you know, I always kept two of them running continuously. Two antiviruses? Two antiviruses because if one of them didn't catch it, the other one might. No, but that's like killing so much CPU. Yes, it 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 was an additional, you know, I had to spend as much uh, uh, CPU on it, but that is what I had to do. That is what I was doing for not uh, wanting to pay 350 rupees. I didn't know it was that cheap. It was actually very, very cheap and it's better to actually get a solution. Uh, and um, I mean, if or if you can't pay, just go for Microsoft's new antivirus, which we talked about in the last episode. I mean, they've come out with a beta and some people are saying that it's pretty, pretty good. Oh, that's good. And then again, another tip or what I do is just use common sense. I think common sense is the best antivirus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, first of all, stop going to all the sites where you want to find uh, crack codes and all those things. They, you, you are bound to install a spyware on your machine if you go to those sites. Uh, Especially not, don't go with IE, I mean, whatever happens. <laughs> exactly. I remember that earlier people used to do that because the, the free, there were no open source softwares available. But there are, believe me, if you have a requirement, there is an open source software good enough for your requirements. Okay, so go to those softwares, to, to those vendor sites and get it rather than getting a, a crack code for it. Uh, another one, I think, and I don't know how, how you feel about it, Saket, is try using webmail as much as possible. Because because most of the viruses or the worms that are sent out on the internet go through Outlook uh, or go through email messages. If you just use a, a webmail, you know, gmail.com or yahoo.com or live, msnlive.com, there are chances that your machine won't get infected. 
okay because these things are caught are are caught by all these uh, service providers and you don't There's get the document pretty decent inbuilt antivirus protection i mean so yeah so so i would say that you should use uh, these web based clients for all of your personal emails but uh, i guess you can't do the same for your work uh, email yeah that's right but then this tip rather is uh, for for the home user because mm-hmm. at at work you are not going to be install any software as it is if you are working in a big company you know they have all these restrictions and all that was our take on your question swami i hope uh, we have answered all your questions and for other people if you have similar questions please write into techkamasala at uh, theindicas.com or even post your query on in the comment section of uh, the episode and we will take it up so that's about it that we have for this particular episode don't forget to follow us on twitter i am at uh, twitter.com/acmahatre saket is and i am at twitter.com/valturo that's v u l t u r o well that's great uh, another episode done saket uh, so see you for episode number 19 next week yeah thank you guys bye bye ಗಣೇಶ ಲಂಬೋದರ ಸೋಹೆ ಭುಜಾಚಾರ ಏಕದಂತ ಚಂದ್ರಮಾಲ ಲಾಟ ರಾಜೆ ಬ್ರಹ